Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Godzilla Pod War Hour. My name is Michael Kelly, and with me as always, Mr. Nathan Allen Bear. Nathan, say hello to your adoring fan base. Good sir. Hello. Greetings. Salutations. Bonjour. Sawadee cup. I'm happy to be here, Mike. And I'm so happy that you have, have remained with me on this adventure uh, of Godzilla stuff. Mike, Who knew? Mike, who knew? Mike, who, much who like known? the Juggalos, the Godzilla Podway Hour is about family. And we're mm-hmm. family now. <laughs> I know. I know this because I your family uh, will harass me and uh, kidnap me. There was one kidnapping threat from your sister um, if I did not attend Thanksgiving. And I made some real enemies, some real strong, some bad vibes by actually spending last Christmas with my family and not with your family. Um, so, you know, that's a developing situation. Well, Mike... <laughs> In to paraphrase the words of Hyman Roth, America's sweetheart, this is the family you've chosen. <laughs> Hyman Roth, I don't. It's that escapes me. That reference. Who is that? Godfather Two. Oh, Godfather Two. Yes. I was not. There was actually a okay. sequel. It didn't just go not, one to three. There was actually yeah, yeah. two. You're not. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the one with Dusty, Dusty Hoffman. Wasn't that one? That was a classic. I actually, that's the thing. Here's the thing. I was not aware that there was a Godfather 2. I thought it jumped directly to 3. And so this is actually, that makes a lot more sense that there was a 2. Now, we've we've wasted your time for three and a half minutes, (laughs) loyal listeners. And... um, if you think we're going to cease wasting your time and begin speaking of a worthwhile endeavor for the next hour or so, you're wrong. Because we're going to be discussing the third film in the Netflix series of animated Godzilla films, Godzilla colon The Planet Eater, I believe. Or just Planet Eater? Spoiler alert, a planet does not get eaten no, once. No. I feel no, ripped off. Not. I feel I'm more ripped off that a planet was not eaten in this movie than I was that Mechagodzilla was not, let's reiterate this, not in the second one. Okay? Yeah, and I, I just want to take this opportunity, because I don't know if we ever, we sort of talked around this in the last episode. I don't know if we ever specifically said this like point a point b point c but what happened in the second film was at some point mecha godzilla and godzilla had a fight uh in in the twenty thousand year interim once the humans left earth and mecha godzilla got decapitated okay so the rest of his body i guess was destroyed or whatever and his head just his head survived and the metal from his head grew up and grew around and grew out and up and forward and what have you and that metal from mechagodzilla's head grew into a giant city and that's what mechagodzilla city is now we talked about many aspects of that but i don't know if we ever directly said that is what is purportedly 
has happened in the narrative of that film. So if that was a little confusing, sorry. We were um, confused too. Uh, but we were confused too. <laughs> the, the, the fact that we never actually said that in the yeah. hour and 19 minutes that that episode lasted, eh, maybe inexcusable, but, you know. These are films that, with multiple viewings, do not alleviate our confusion or uh, anger. <laughs> no, no, they add to it. Yeah. Um, so it's all the same people who worked on yes. the previous films. Um, it's directed by Kobun Shizunu. And then Hiroki Sashita. Right. And I don't know. These guys... I don't know if they should be allowed to make films after this, after seeing these three films. I think maybe they should go home and take a rest. Maybe, yeah. um, you know, sort of think things over, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, kind of go back to the drawing board in their yeah. lives, in their, in their life's journey. Um, because, you know, going Try into this movie, yeah. I didn't remember any of the characters' names until I started, like, researching this stuff again. But it wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to find out what happens to Metaphys or whatever. Like, like I forgot Metaphys' name. I had to look it yeah. up. And the same thing with Haru. Yeah. And, like, going into the third film in a trilogy, if you don't know the main characters' names yet, that is a storytelling catastrophe. Yeah, uh, it would be like... And, in and you have failed. King. Yeah, it would be like if you in Return of the King, you're like, what's his name? Uh, Fiber Baggins? Right. right. This is like going into Return of the Jedi and not knowing what Luke's name is. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, if you don't know by now. The dude with the green thingy, he waves right. around, missing a hand, I think. Yeah, so, I yeah, and, and, and the release of these films is much more truncated. The, the, those movies yeah. each had two years between them. This is like yeah. f six months between each installment. And like yeah. coming into this third one, I was like, I didn't remember a thing, which yeah. is, look, I don't know. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Maybe it, it seems like not something good. that if it was you know, stretched out to like a 28 episode like season, like one season. Uh, you know, a mini series or something, you could probably get some uh, decent legroom uh, for this thing. And you could stretch out these ideas further to a point where they actually make some kind of sense. And who knows, maybe Godzilla would actually, you know, fight uh, another monster. You know, you could have room to do, you know, that thing that we all like to, you know, see when we watch these movies. Right. Uh, but in Nate, are you, I'm sorry, are you referring to people endlessly looking at monitors, taking readings of situations, and then bathing the audience in a virtual hooraying of uh, readings from these monitors and interpretations of said readings. Because if that's what we tune in to Godzilla movies for, look no further. You found the gold mine right here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I always loved it in Godzilla movies when Godzilla... You know, where every time Godzilla throws one punch, then the characters go into a 20-minute monologue uh, yeah. as to why Godzilla threw that specific punch that Absolutely. way. Um, Absolutely. 
Yeah. You know. So just great stuff. And not to say that these uh, themes haven't been, uh, you know, put to anime uh, in a quasi kaiju form, let's say with uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, which was, you know, a good anime series. Controversial, maybe, but it was good. There were fights, and it also, you know, had room for uh, some philosophical uh, moments, moments where characters reflect on their mortality and their place in the universe, which, you know, just adds a little je ne sais quoi to the whole uh, kaiju element it's within. Um, But this just is like, no, we're just going to cram it down, pump it out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Get all it done in three movies. You have three movies to get this done. <laughs> That's I, all. Yeah, and I've going into this, I was get, I was afraid that I wasn't gonna like these films because I like I don't like anime, mm-hmm. and these would have been competently executed anime films. But since I don't like anime, I just wouldn't appreciate them. But mm-hmm. I don't think that's where we're at. I think these are just shitty movies in whatever genre like i've decided that maybe anime is not my thing uh to the extent that you know i do own a 35 millimeter frame of film from nasca of the valley of the wind so it's not like i'm completely unfamiliar with the genre but like but that was a good movie (laughs) that was a good movie it's it still comes down to that at the end of the day if it's a good movie it works and i really don't think any of these movies work I, I i know in my heart of hearts i will never watch any of them again or recommend to anyone that they even watch them a single time yes which is damning yeah just damning yeah um so anyways that's that music by takayaki hatori who as we've said before did the masterfully weird score to uh, Godzilla versus Space Godzilla <laughs> and also Godzilla 2000 a bunch of good stuff you know the and uh, and the music to the two previous installments uh, so you know he holds up his end of the deal mm-hmm. um, and I do also want to shine a, a, a once again a special spotlight on uh, voice actor Chris uh, Noisy, Nose, who does the voiceover work of um, Haru. Um, is, he's just real bad. And I feel like sometimes when you're like a voiceover actor, you can like sk- sort of skirt under the radar on these things and like no one will be talking about how horrible of a job he did mm-hmm. on this movie. But on this podcast right now, I want to single him out and be like, no, man, you can't wash your hands of this. You read the script. You looked at what was happening here. You had your chance to to correct this ship, you know, and you blew it. You blew it, Chris. Chris, are you listening? You blew it. All right. No, 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 no one. No one can walk away from this untainted. You failed us for the next time. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So much rage. (laughs) Well, 
Uh, yeah. Uh, where to go from there? Uh, <laughs> that no. That we we will. We have to sit in this now. You have to watch. You have to watch. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, just be I, careful, Mike. You know we don't want to. <laughs> you know socially maroon this person only for him to uh attack us years later and say ah mr kelly you still remember an old friend i cannot help but be touched <laughs> your name was Chekhov. i never <laughs> forget a face um nate and i of course were just doing a scene from the wonderful film star trek into darkness uh never mind off track <laughs> careening off track look I, I, and i if i could take it back to that chris noise guy i'm sure he had no control it's not his fault i don't know whose fault it is it is someone's fault though i guess yeah. maybe the directors maybe it's just the machine at this point like the machine that needs new godzilla content yeah. i don't know i you know where do you lay the blame for something like this how do you solve a problem like maria you know like it's where where can we go from here um so it was released this is not a show anymore this <laughs> we're hurting people we're hurting ourselves why hurting are we doing ourselves. this my i don't know <laughs> Oh, because we watched all three of these movies. We watched all three of them. We actually exactly. did this. This wasn't a dare. Exactly. We didn't lose a bet. We right. did this of Although our own feel, free will. Right. It feels like we lost a bet. Um, <laughs> release date, uh, November 3rd, 2018, at the TIFF, which I can only assume is the Toronto Ooh. International Film Festival. Or possibly Toronto. the Tokyo International Film Festival. Tell you right. Uh, I don't know. One of those. Tell you right. Yeah. Uh, and then also the release date in Japan was November 9th, 2018. Uh, released worldwide on the platform of Netflix on January 9th, 2019. Mm -hmm. uh, approximately 90 minutes in length. Uh, and distributed, of course, by Toho Visual Entertainment in Japan, mm -hmm. and and then again worldwide on Netflix. Uh, a production company was Polygon Pictures and Toho Animation. So, if you have to point fingers, I guess that's a good place to start. It may be time to take a a short break, and when we get back, we can put the final nail in the coffin on the Netflix original animated series or animated film, depending on which one you're watching and who's making up their minds on what to call it on what given day. <laughs> Godzilla, <laughs> Planet Eater. <laughs> Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get deep into this plot. Yes, but always remain respectful. That's uh, that's the key. Um, so we begin with like a five-minute monologue of Metaphys just talking about gobbledygook, really. Um, metaphysical stuff. Sort of reminiscent of uh, Haru's monologue at the beginning of planet of the monsters except this one has a more religious slant to it um 
but uh, basically it picks up right where the last one left off. Um, Haru's girlfriend, who I've already forgotten her name, is like in a coma. With metal um, shit on her face. Nano, metal, nano. Yep. She's got yeah, the um, got the metal virus. Yeah. She's, she's great. got a case of metals. She's in uh, she's in a coma. Yeah. And uh, so she's basically a been reduced to a paperweight for the remainder of this film. She never yeah. regains consciousness. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. And uh, just so basically she was brought on the scene to get the tentacles in the second film and then uh like which was the highlight kiss. of that movie i mean that's Absolutely. what we all watch a godzilla movie for is to see a woman attacked by tentacles because, exactly. You know, exactly i mean why again why would you watch a godzilla movie without that exactly i mean who can forget the classic scene in the original godzilla movie when you know dr yamane is uh you know lamenting you know man's uh destructive power and how that has awoken the beast named godzilla and then enemyko gets attacked by a tentacle monster i mean this is really a, a callback uh I, okay i will say there is a scene in mothra where nelson does get the tentacles when he's on the the island um but that's it so, and they didn't rip off his clothes or try to so, right. so just, they just want to put him in a sleeper hold so they could feast on his sweet sweet innards um but always remain respectful so Yes. Yes. Um, she's a paperweight, and mm -hmm. there's like, I don't know, maybe 20 troopers left. It always seems mm. like at the end of each of these films, there's like two troopers left, and then at the beginning of the next movie, like, they didn't bother watching the previous movie, and there's like as many soldiers left on the planet that need to be to facilitate the plot this time. <laughs> You know what yeah. I mean? So, like, there was, like, five troopers left at the end of Planet of the Monsters on the planet. And then <laughs> in City on the Edge of Battle, like, 30 people got turned into, like, the metal people, remember, yeah. from the from Galuga's evil plan. Yeah. And, and then there were, like, legit three people left alive. And then in this one, all of a sudden, once again, there's, like, 30 more troops left that, like... Metaphys turns into religious zealots, so it's like, I I I think it's would be worth actually going back and counting and see how many of these troopers just randomly generate out of nowhere between mm -hmm. sequels to see if anyone is even paying attention. But that and that right there goes to like how useless and how flat, uh, like these soldiers are not even characters. Yeah, they're so interchangeable and so like, I don't think any of them even has a name, you know, or like any dialogue that I can think of other than just like the most cursory like, they're lemmings basically. Yeah, uh, they're lemming. <laughs> they're lemmings for the plot to dispose of in whatever way they can think of. But it shouldn't be like that. It should be like they should all be different characters, and there should be stuff happening where like. You do because, like, that was one of the main things with um, City on the Edge of Battle was like yeah. Haru's big sort of um, 
you know moral choice or moral decision was like yeah. should these should we give up our humanity in order to defeat Godzilla and yeah. it's like if all of the troops and guys are like have no personality at all then it's like who gives a shit like yeah. you've already lost you yeah. know <laughs> um it's like they, they don't have any humanity to save they're right. just blank they're right. just they're, there they're, they're yeah, cannon they're fodder Again, that yeah, they 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 have the will of cows, you yeah. know. They're just like because huh? in the beginning of the scene, all uh, metaphysically, Metastopheles with it, Blondie, uh, all he does is, is say that this was a miracle from God, and suddenly everyone's like, yeah, right, yeah. right. They, they, they just, you know, <laughs> you, you know what they remind me of. Ready. Like, like, uh, they remind me of like in the Simpsons when all like the Springfield townsfolk are just like so easily manipulated by whoever, like, like, like the like, monorail, with, like the monorail thing, but like they can just be turned into a mob so easily, yeah. and like that's that's what this group of soldiers is like. They they except not in the hilarious and awesome way of the Simpsons, yeah. but just like a depressing and like non-starter and. I want out. I want out of this narrative sort of way. <laughs> Follow the money. Um, Sorry, Mom. The mob has spoken. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, yeah, it, within the first couple of minutes, like, you know, Metaphys has his little monologue or whatever. Uh, Haru um, is... is upset for about 15 minutes that uh what's what's her face is, is turned into a paperweight and yeah. um in that time metaphys takes that time to to turn the rest of the survivors into uh, a death cult yes. um <laughs> the we go back up to the ship which i'm not even sure if we should even discuss uh what happens on the ship uh, there's the cool. mothership there's a, a coup. coup. There's stuff There's that happens coup. with characters and things, but ultimately, yeah. we're review. It's revealed what the filmmakers think of, or how they, the degree to which they give a shit about anything yeah. involving the mothership. Which spoiler alert, yeah. not very much. So, like, I'm not sure how much we yeah. should say about it. It's just like, yeah, the mothership's still up there. In in yeah. general, like they are like the surviving. Billa Saludians, yeah. whatever, are like really mad at Haru, and they I think they want him, they want to well, like execute him for like yeah. not like uh, turning uh, himself into a nano being. Right, right, and it just turns yeah. into like like the shittiest. It's like a season seven of uh, like halfway through season seven of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine episode like when they were really out of ideas uh you know so it was like <laughs> it, it, we can skip it basically yeah. but the mothership is still up there there's still yeah i guess thousands yes. of humans on it i don't know hundreds yeah. who knows children yeah. women and children who's, who's on folks. the mothership what's on what's on the planet and i don't know where this plot is going <laughs> right there we exactly. go there it is Who's on um, first? There. Who's up first? Um, so, basically, Metaphys is, like, alluding to that there's this god that they can come and, and like, they can summon. And he will, yeah. like, wipe out Godzilla and solve all their problems. And Haru is like, 
why didn't we do this immediately when we got on the surface of the planet two movies ago you know and he and i wrote down we had no choice to wait because i think that's what metaphys says he has a monologue where he's like we had no choice however we had no choice but to wait by the way the however count is uh seven in this movie only seven howevers um so they kind of took it down a notch um but he says we had no choice but to wait and it's like but but why like (laughs) why it's again just more questions yeah it's like any time a character says or does anything in this film it just leads to more questions why did metaphys why didn't he summon this god it turns out to be king Ghidorah yeah in the first movie like what's what's happening listen, man we've argued before for things being stretched out like not let you know the power rangers met a metaphor we made before about like why they don't like wing out the mega sword you know first it's like no you have to build to that but there was nothing to build to this right there there was really no momentum going for this to where it's just like oh no think you know the shit just got real now we need to summon Ghidorah it's just like oh now we're summoning Ghidorah down the Mechagodzilla city's broken and we'll just have the three (laughs) monsters come out of the sky maybe right and it's it's definitely like like maybe he had to wait for like the human forces to be thinned out so it was like would be easier for Ghidra to destroy us but like it Ghidra seems to have no trouble uh yeah. taking out large amounts of troops so like that theory doesn't hold so it's really could it just happened at any time? The, yeah. the answer is it's just lazy script writing. It's just like yeah. we have to draw this out for another movie and yeah. let's bring in Ghidra because the kids like Ghidra. Even though yeah. it just – Ghidra's design in this movie, it just looks like three Mandas. Yeah. Um, it's three disconnected heads that really yeah. look exactly like Manda. Uh, yeah. And so I'm going to pretend it's three Mandas in my own mind, just because not less enough sad. Manda action. Um, yeah. Even though weirdly they tease King Ghidorah's like classic winged like shape, like shadow, a few yeah. times. So it's like they know what his shape is supposed to look like. Th- that was a very weird choice to me. Um, yeah. Well, they did the same thing with Mechagodzilla. They let it, you know, the toys and everything, they let us to believe, oh, guess who's going to be in this movie? Psych. You know, that's (laughs) that's what this has all been. This has been a psych. We've been punked. We've been punked. We've been punked. There we go. Um, We've been punked into watching this. Yeah, man. Um, I'm surprised at the end of the movie, it wasn't just all the characters just pointing at us and going, ha, 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 ha. Um, so the Billa Saludians, whatever, uh, take over the ship. And so they yeah. kind of, I don't know, the mothership in yeah. orbit. Um, they so won. they sort of reveal themselves to be, if not the outright villains, definitely dicks. Um, yeah. And then 
Haru, uh, he like he's chilling out in like Maya or Maya's. I forget which one it is. One the of nice the twin one. fairies, the nice one, and um, she throws herself well, he at has... him or something. Like I, I well, let's explain. Yeah, that. please do. He, he 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 has to get away off the compound because mm. if he's at the compound, they have to kill him or right. at least restrain him so that way the James Baldwins or the Alec Baldwins or whatever, whoever took over the ship. Um, so that way, well, it's like, well, we can't arrest him. He isn't here. So he's just like, well, if you get away from us, then we can't do anything. And that kind of makes sense. So he's with uh, not resting Hatua face uh, fairy, <laughs> whatever her name is, Maya, Maya Angelou. There we go. So they go off um, you know, so he can be protected. I'm making quotation marks in the air because I know you all can hear them. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, yeah, there is implied coitus. Um, right. You know, so, some side boobage. Yeah. Um, which, in the context of a Godzilla movie, just doesn't work. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't care if this is anime. It's just like the, the tentacles. It's like, yeah, this just doesn't really work like i can understand having attractive actors attractive men attractive women you know in sexy clothing um but this is just like no like th this is kind of like italian horror movie like that that's when you're okay <laughs> yeah. with, like some like coitus where it's just like oh we're in this graveyard and we just escaped a bunch of zombies you know what we should do now fuck uh and then of course you know the hand comes out and you know grabs one of them i'm talking about zombie 2 i'm talking about zombie 2 it's a great movie it's you know stupid but it's also really really fun and yes. that movie has an excuse to have you know nudity and sex and all that weird right. wacky stuff it's not a godzilla movie Right, and if you want to view this through like different, like a different prism, if you wanted to say that this movie was like a film noir or something, yeah. and then you could sort of allow maybe for that element of of sex or like the femme fatale, like seducing the hero or whatever, and yeah. then then you can sort of unlock that element. Um, and who knows, there might be arguments for that. But if this yeah. is a straight-up kaiju movie, it's definitely yeah. weird yeah. And, out of, and feels yeah. out of place. Um, Even in Cloverfield, which is that a movie about a guy trying to find his girlfriend, at no point, at least to my recollection, did they ever, you know, bone or was there ever any implied boning? No, no, they, no, no, no. In Cloverfield, okay. well, Beginning. hold on. Yeah, at the beginning, the tape was like they had just taken each other to the bone zone the night before. Yeah. So there was there was yeah. co coitus, coitus the night before yeah. on the, the tape because they were in bed or whatever. Yeah. But like, yeah, Cloverfield's actually a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> and but you're right. It it's even that it's not on screen. It's not like yeah. oh well, Haru, what do you think of these? Zip. You know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. wait a minute, three movies in, now all of a sudden it's like it's a like Showtime a, movie or yeah. like a Cinemax deal Skip going on here? Elaine, uh, uh, people don't just meet each other on the street and then start having sex. This isn't Cinemax. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, uh, so uh, we're about 32 minutes into the narrative at this point. 
Um, yeah. And I wrote down that they show Godzilla, who's just frozen in place, and like his eye sort of moves a little bit, and then there's like a three-second shot of him after 32 mm-hmm. minutes because it's like, you know, movie three. So it's like, yeah. oh... There he is. You don't even have to wait a full hour this time. <laughs> how, how good for you. Um, and then, uh, basically, Metaphys, uh goes goes for it and goes full death cult and makes everybody uh, drink this soup, um, which may or may not be made out of one of the twin girls or something. The, like Haru yeah. has a nightmare about that in a scene that could have been effective and definitely had all the trappings of being an effectively executed nightmare sequence if I could tell what was happening in it. And yeah. there was a couple of framing choices, unfortunately, uh, that made it very difficult to tell what he was looking at, whether he, he was looking at... Basically, he has a nightmare where he's going into a cave and he finds Metaphys preparing a broth in, a, in an enormous bowl. And it's sort of implied that one of the two fairy girls is, is inside the broth or whatever. Or maybe you just sort of see her face superimposed over the soup real quick or whatever. And then uh, Haru wakes up and like has a night or like, you know, he screams and it's like, oh, it was all a dream or whatever. But like, I, I it was just a weirdly sort of executed thing, and yeah. it it felt like it was almost effective, so it felt like something happened. So that was good. Yeah. Felt something, but again, it just felt like something from another type of movie, yeah, like an Italian horror movie, exactly. uh, like Zombie Four: After Death, starring Jeff Stryker. Um, oh yes, the Jeff Stryker. The Jeff Stryker. Uh, <laughs> you know, you can. You know, he has a doll out. Uh, I'm sure he does. Fully formed doll. You should come over sometime, Mike. You could watch. I can bring out my dress. Nate, Stryker Nate, doll we'll, collection. We'll, <laughs> we'll discuss this later, bud. And I'm really looking forward to sort of following up on on this conversation <laughs> in particular. But unfortunately, we just got to move on. Um, okay. It's so basically now. You know, Metaphys has has made this this soup, and he is feeding it to everyone else. Um, and I wrote down. He says, "However, unlike the soup, we have free will," which I think is probably the best line in all three films. It's like, yeah, we we know that soup doesn't have free will, Metaphys. Thanks for the update. Um, so. <laughs> He's like, what? What? Um, Don't you understand? (laughs) Don't you get it? So, and I will say, okay, things I like about this movie. Number one, this resurrection scene where, like, Ghidra's spirit comes back from the grave and there's, like, a little mini, like, miniature Ghidra that kind of, like, come, like, it's like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark where the spirits sort of shoot out of the ark and, like, because yeah. Metaphys has, has set up sort of a um, like a grouping of the surviving uh, uh, soldier dudes in the cave, and they're all sort of splayed out, and they're all yes. drinking the soup and saying some magic words or whatever, uh, and they're like summoning Ghidra yeah. from the great beyond or whatever. And so Ghidra comes and is like coming around, like sort of like 
and it just again it just looks like manda this ghost manda is like swimming almost in the in the ether and uh and swooping down and like biting off people's legs and biting off yeah. their arms and like biting off their heads and it's like really sort of violent you sort of get stirred out of your stupor because this is this is like 40 minutes in at this point and it is yeah. another harangue of just like so much babbling from everyone yeah. and so the fact that like something is finally happening that isn't just like super shitty like religious rhetoric uh yeah. or like more the bill of saludians and the mothership just arguing about stuff that no one could possibly care about i don't care how devoted to these films you are right. um it's it's stirring you're just like much like the soup you feel very stirred but unlike the soup you have free will you could choose to stop watching the movie but you continue on at this point or maybe you don't maybe, maybe you make the right choice and turn this dreck off i don't know <laughs> Well, you know, there was one moment right before uh, one of the crew members was uh, eaten by, uh, you know, Ghost Ghidorah. He says, waiter, come over here and taste the soup. <laughs> Is it too hot? Just taste the soup. Is it too cold? Just taste the soup. Fine. Where's the spoon? Aha! Aha! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even from a barge of garbage like this movie, we're still able to pull the nuggets so, still got it. You can go for another seven years on this podcast. Nothing has changed. Yes. <laughs> still as good as ever. Yeah. Um, oh, did you hear they actually... This is far more important than Godzilla <laughs> the Planet Eater. Uh, they actually have signed off and they are going to make Coming to America Part 2 with Eddie Murphy. Uh, they got like the original writer back. So okay, I'm excited. Well, look, I'm excited. I don't as care. As long as um, none of the people who were, who made Godzilla Planet Eater are right. part of that production, we should be fine. <laughs> I am all for this. Uh, I want to see anybody dressed up like my great grandfather. This <laughs> uh, <laughs> velvet. So, yeah, the reason why we're talking about that is that's where the soup joke came from, was from the yep. movie uh, Coming to America, directed Which by John Landis, yeah. who also directed Three Amigos mm -hmm. uh, that I referenced on the, the other movie, The City on the Edge of Battle, as an example of how to sort of expedite the process of showing the final plan to the audience. What I'm saying is this is secretly a John Landis podcast yes um so and i don't know if landis will be directing coming to america too i assume he will not be um but anywho maybe it'll um, be directed by max landis right so really we can sum up the plot from here relatively quickly um yeah. metaphys summons Ghidorah. again yeah not in his body he's just the three separated heads who come out of like holes in the clouds in the top of the sky first they arrive in space and promptly yeah. destroy the mothership killing the rest of humanity and yeah. the filmmakers treat this as a veritable non-event they, they they treat it as it's like a like just like a regular action sequence not like the yeah. critical defeat of our species and like our virtual extinction which is yeah. what it is 
which shows me they don't understand the, even the film they're making. So Ghidorah's heads, like, are wrapping themselves around the mothership, and, you know, they're getting all sorts of strange readings. As with every sort of exciting scene in the series, you are drowned by statistical data being said by an army of people that you don't care about. And <laughs> one of the things, before the ship explodes... The only interesting and good part of this movie is uh, because Ghidra is like warping time. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the readings, the, the the guy's like, according to this, we exploded like two minutes ago. If you watch the English translated translated version, mm-hmm. and which is cool because it's like you know it's going to explode. Yeah. Um, but it's just like the, the data's off. Like, that's a cool idea. Um, but that's it. And then uh, immediately undone by the film's own incompetence when another person says, oh, where's he going to be taking us? It's like, where's he taking us? <laughs> like, it immediately called me back. Because this is not, like, is not coming out and, like, knocking on the door of the spaceship and being like, come along with me, ship. It's like he's definitely destroying the ship. Like, yeah. he's definitely going to murder all of them. It's not like a gentle leading them anywhere type thing. So having someone be like, where is he taking us? To me, this, like, I immediately called back, like, Army of Darkness when Ash was growing evil Ash out of the side uh-huh. of him. And Evil Ash started, like, crab walking and, like, taking Ash. And you can hear Ash say, amongst many other things, he says, Oh, where are you taking me? And it's like, that's a joke in that movie. Because, like, you know, it doesn't, like, that's the least of your problems right now. Where this thing that's growing off of you is taking you. Uh, But again, in this movie, it's, like, supposed to be a serious comment. Yeah. (laughs) So... Oh, I need. Would have been better if, like, as that happened, someone answered, you know, to hell, and then you know it exploded. Like that, that would have been cool. Yeah, hurt. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that would have been cool. Yeah, that they could have saved it. Yeah. They did not. No. <laughs> uh, so the mothership is destroyed, and I wrote down mothership destroyed exclamation mark fewer annoying characters exclamation mark. So I was happy about this development. <laughs> Um, it is a little weird. I mean, I thought that was the whole point of all three of these movies was to like have humanity start over again, but yeah. whatever <laughs> in for a penny and for a pound. Yeah. Uh, so like for some reason at this point, it takes the, the remaining soldiers who are not converted by metaphys of which again, now there's randomly like 15 of those. Because, like, the, the implication is that the, the Gidra Ghost thing, like, killed all of, like, the followers or whatever yeah. of that that were used to summon Gidra. Right. In the cave. Mm-hmm. And now there's, like, uh, again, like, another, like, 7 to 15 troops who are, like, all not with metaphys, like, looking at monitors. Um, who... Because, like, no matter what happens no matter what leaps of logic and what stretching of what has already been presented to the audience, the filmmakers will not stop and they will not 
heed even the story that they are telling in lieu of providing a group of characters who can be looking at monitors, <laughs> measuring, taking measurements of the action and reading those measurements to the audience at uh, endlessly. Um, As we all know, are the exciting parts of any Godzilla movie. <laughs> exactly. That's why we come here. Math. Um, <laughs> and for some reason, it takes these characters like 25 minutes to figure out that Metaphys is controlling Ghidra. Because Ghidra blows up the ship, comes down, Godzilla wakes up, not in the best of moods, and Ghidra comes, and Godzilla cannot touch Ghidra. He cannot mm. punch Ghidra because Ghidra's like a interdimensional phasing abilities or whatever. Yeah. So Ghidra can hurt Godzilla. He can bite onto him, but Godzilla can't react, which is par for the course. Uh, th that's this film's interpretation of what a kaiju fight should be, I guess. Yeah. Can't use his tail, can't use his breath, can't do anything against it. And um, yeah. And then they just bite onto him and are draining his power so again it's the godzilla just gets the tentacles for yeah. like 20 minutes and it's like they they latch onto him and they're just sucking energy out of him and like godzilla just is like sort of in this sort of frozen state where he's getting the his juice sucked out of him by the gidra heads um for like seven or eight minutes and it's just yeah. so like it, it's, it's just draining. not exciting at all it's draining it's draining us yeah okay um, <laughs> um yeah and like and, and again at this point it's like okay Gidra is doing this and Metaphys is controlling Gidra let's just get a gun does anyone have a gun just a gun with like one shot one bullet and just go up to Metaphys and just shoot him in the face. Yeah. And no more Ghidra. <laughs> you yeah. know? And like and no one puts this together. Instead, like Haru like spots Metaphys up on like a ledge on a hill with some binoculars. He's like, I'm gonna go talk to Metaphys and see if I can talk him out of this. You know? Mm -hmm. It's like, what? Just fire a missile at that mountain. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like oh, what, yeah. what why are we going uh, with the diplomatic uh, solutions here. Let's yeah. like just. So, so he can go to the mountain and then uh, Metaphys can talk more. Yeah, yeah. More. Now exactly. that he's got one crazy eye, he, he's now, you know, <laughs> mad eye moody. Right. Uh, yeah, he looks like he yeah, has a but... special collector's edition, uh, limited edition Gidra Pog that he yeah. shoved in his eye. <laughs> he looks pretty cool. Yeah. You know, Gidra's that, back in pog yeah, form. <laughs> this time. Um, now, Haru, yeah, it's exactly right. He, it's, it, it's yet another it, opportunity to just halt the action yeah. in its tracks for yeah. yet another speechifying opportunity about just who even knows what they're talking about. He's, he's saying that it's like, okay, well... Um, we, we, you know, humanity, everything dies, there is no eternity, and essentially the only way to, like, live in this universe is to live with all, like, the bad things. Um, so basically he says humanity needs to retrograde itself or be destroyed. 
like need to give right. up all the technology and all this stuff. Whereas the Ball Sidians, their whole thing was like, no, 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 we need to merge with technology and conquer the the blondies um, are the opposite. They're like, no, 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 you must abandon technology and become humble in the face of like these great beings or else um, or else Ghidra will blow you up, I guess. I don't know. It, again, it's like, OK, if that led to the destruction of your planet, um, how are you still here? Right. Uh, or maybe and, it was because he's an acolyte for Ghidra. I, I, I don't know. It's like these are interesting ideas that, again, in the form of maybe a book or uh, a television series, you know, with some length, you could probably beat out some uh, some form of sensible plot. Um, but these ideas have been in other Godzilla movies before, like Godzilla Final Wars and Tokyo SOS and Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, these same similar ideas, only those were way more entertaining. <laughs> yes. Way more entertaining. Um, and in the end, you know, while this is all going on, um, Mothra doesn't appear physically, but someone touches the egg and the image of Mothra wakes Haru up. And from his acid trip, like the 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 image of Mothra's shadow, yeah, or like it's like a negative of Mothra comes through and flies because they're tripping out. They're in it's, the it is like an LSD yeah. trip. They're they're flying in the Enola Gay at some point, and yes. you know, nuclear the nuclear you know Hiroshima and Nagasaki. They're kind of talking about like the the woes of mankind reaching for you know new technology is destructive. Yada yada yada. Um, um, I will say that, like, okay, I enjoyed that they brought back the Enola Gay and and sort of the stuff to Hiroshima to to bring it back to the first film and and the genesis of Godzilla, which conveniently and weirdly they ignored during their origin of Godzilla at the beginning of Planet of the Monsters. So yeah. that's weird that they now choose to use that imagery, but. Whatever. It's almost more consistent for, at this point for them to be inconsistent. Um, <laughs> so that that part, in a weird way, made sense to me. Yeah. But there's a couple. There's a couple of of, of nuggets of information that are in this weird, like Big Lebowski style LSD floating sequence where Metaphys takes Haru to the other side or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it is shown that Metaphys. Uh, like snuck a bomb on board the if you remember the beginning of the first movie um, one of the things that like m they made up their minds they could not terraform this new planet that they had spent 20 mm -hmm. years going towards was yeah. that the volunteer sort of spacecraft that they were sending down to the surface with all of the old folks in it including Haru's grandfather mm -hmm. uh, blew up before it could even get to the surface and right. the I guess they didn't bother to take any readings or whatever, but like, the, you know, the decision was made like, oh, it's the planet's atmosphere is too hostile for us to even land there or whatever, thusly making it so they had to turn around, go back to Earth and yeah. put the whole thing into motion in the first place. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a pretty interesting caveat of information. Um, I don't know. It, it, to me, it was just like, if... 
um, Metaphys's entire thing was summoning Ghidra and having them wipe out planet Earth and also Godzilla and the yeah. few remaining humans on the ship. You know, you could have just done that all on Earth. You, you didn't even need the ship. You, you could have yeah. found, like, I'm sure things were getting rough in, like, the end times with all the monsters yeah. and stuff and, and Godzilla blowing everything up. You probably could have found some some of the faithful uh, yeah. like at it, least it looks like devoted people would have willingly sacrificed themselves for oh. you know some giant golden monster right uh, uh, you know 100 it looks like it only took like like 15 people to summon Ghidra. yeah so like oh, then why why all of this you know and, and he said he's like he has to wait and again it's just like yeah it, you just had to wait for the other two movies to happen and yeah. it's it is it's like a sweater that you're just pulling on the cord and it just comes undone and it's like it it actually does not hold up if you yeah. look at it with any sort of discerning eye or like god forbid you actually remember <laughs> the events of the previous movies yeah um or or listen to people when they when they say what their motivations are and be like is that really your motivation because you could have mm -hmm. done that like 20,000 years ago yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then when Mothra's ghost, like, or shadow, uh, snaps Haru out of it, that is my favorite part of all three movies, because it's got Mothra in it for just a second. I mean, her in shadow, not form. even her. A shadow, the shadow is at least in full form, it's not like a dis- Right. It's not like yeah, a- Yeah, it's not like yeah, the, just, yeah. the new extreme reinterpretation of Mothra, it's just Mothra. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was a lot like how my favorite part of S Solo, a Star Wars story, is that one part where Thandi Newton just like mentions Bosk offhandedly in a conversation. She's like, yeah, you should have got Bosk to do this. That's my favorite part of that movie. This is my favorite part of this movie <laughs> because it made me think of other better movies. <laughs> um and yeah, like Mothra's ghost snaps Haru out of it. Haru, I guess, like, I, like breaks Metaphys's uh, limited edition collector's Ghidra Pog that he has stuck in his eye that's controlling Ghidra, mm -hmm. and uh, and then also kills Metaphys, like chokes him or something. <laughs> it's it's unclear. It's a little weird. Yeah. Um, and that makes Ghidra corporeal. And then Godzilla immediately, as is the only way he is used in all three of these movies, is he's just a fire breath delivery system. It like he doesn't matter as a character at all. <laughs> he's just he might as well be a gun turret. That's just sort of like fire breath, turn, fire breath, pivot, fire breath. The one instant where this actually sort of is like accidentally a kaiju movie is when Godzilla does take uh, the jaws of one of the Ghidra's heads and breaks it a la King Kong and the T-Rex like rips it open. Yeah. And that was like the one out of all this shit out of like fucking four hours of these movies. That was the one part where it was like, oh yeah, that's right. I, I kind of remember these monsters like fight in these movies from <laughs> time to time. Or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah. So that, that happens. But it doesn't quite kill that head. He still has to fire breath it or whatever. But like that was the one piece of like actual visceral monster action. Yeah. Ugh. 
Okay, damn it. Yeah. That's the problem with the bad movie. You know it's a bad movie when watching the movie you're thinking of better movies you could be watching. That's, yeah. Yeah. And, like, um, the best thing anybody who makes any movie wants to do is to have the audience thinking, oh, yeah, that reminds me of that other better movie. So, um, so Metaphys is dead. Uh, he just dies like, like Natalie Portman in at the end of episode three. He just dies of a broken heart, I guess. Oh, <laughs> there was nothing medically team. wrong Andy. with him. He's but just he lost just, the will to just, live. Yeah, he just <laughs> lost the will to live once once Rue destroyed his limited edition Gidra collector's uh, pog that he broke yeah. in his eye with his thumb. He reaches into his eye socket with his thumb and breaks yeah. this this disc. Yeah, it's sort of cool. It's kind of a unique visual, but it's too late. Um, and, and Haru doesn't like, isn't like, you know, good riddance or anything. He's like, he's like cupping Metaphys's body and he's like crying like it's his best friend. It's like, this is the guy who just orchestrated the destruction of the last remnants of humanity. And you're like super sad and like really upset that he's dead. It was implied in the first movie that they had some kind of friendship and they had known each other for a while. But and I could see some kind of like I, I could see the sadness as like, I thought you were my friend. Right. And this was just a lie the whole time. But, you know, there wasn't any like real punching the ground or anything like that. Like, why, why, why? Hey, I'm sorry. You knew man. it was evil yeah. and yet you did it anyways. Why? I know. Look, I, I and I know I thought of that too. It's like, yeah, I know they were like, I guess friends on the ship or whatever. But again, this guy just took a hard turn. He summoned a demon which destroyed the mothership that is you've been on your entire life and just slaughtered everyone you've ever known. Yeah. And so, what I'm going to be doing is like, just walking away or like kicking his face. I would be doing something other than like molly coddling his corpse yeah. and being like, "Oh, sweet Edifies, it's it's you're you've moved on to a better place." You know, it's just like, what? Ah, uh, Edifies, I knew you well. <laughs> right, just like fucking throw his body off the cliff or whatever, you know, or just walk away. Just walk away. Just walk away and be like, like spit on his face and walk away. That's yeah. all we're asking. Not this yeah. like. Oh, you were my best friend. It's, it's just like, again, the characters had an opportunity, even at this the lateness of the hour of this right. scene, to act in a way that would have it reinstated some normalcy or some continuity of the events and the emotional impact therein. Yeah. And yet again, a spectacular failure. Of storytelling so whatever and then uh you know there's a denouement where they're all chilling out um haru is just like living the life some consider a myth yeah. um Allah getting jiggy with it uh with one of the one of the island girls yeah um, his girlfriend uh, from the last one is still a paperweight yeah but and, uh, he knocked up uh yeah she's the- pregnant Minya, or, yeah, Minya, there we go, that's your name, Minya. Uh, <laughs> uh, Godzilla says you shouldn't back down from any battles. Um, um, yeah, and so and we, then, so, like, the denouement, 
has happened. Like the the yeah. climax has happened and the denouement has happened, and there's one like falcon, uh, vulture mech suit left or whatever, yeah. and the guy's like, "Hey, I got this thing to work. For, I like fixed up the power cells." from the nanometal or whatever, and uh, we can rebuild Mechagodzilla City and all this stuff. And Haru's like, no, it's, it's got to it's gotta end this time. And it's like, the movie is over, okay? I, yeah. like, I considered turning it off because yeah. I was like, okay, the credits are just going to roll. Yeah. And then you have this other scene. Like, I guess that in the cave one of the few remnants left of humanity was a VHS cassette of Bad Boys 2 yeah. because much like how there is a totally unnecessary and completely unearned do we get to win this time second ending to that film where Will Smith and Martin Lawrence go and destroy Cuba for zero reason uh, there is a second do we get to win this time ending where Haru hijacks this Falcon mech suit thingy, uh, brings his, you know, metalified girlfriend and yeah. goes into the sky and flies the ship into Godzilla. And Godzilla, again, all he can do in these movies is just use his fire's breath and, yeah. you know, blows him up with his fire breath. Yeah. And that's the second unnecessary ending of this movie and i know all the readings of this film are like oh it's all about this metaphysical like we should just like accept our fates that death is final and like we shouldn't and like humans aren't like shouldn't be around and like we're killing the planet and that's what this movie is about how like the real way to bring back nature and and animals and all the shit is for the humans to die or whatever and that's what he's doing he's he's embracing this and it's actually a really like valid thing and you know what that's damn depressing and i i don't want that in my entertainment really executed it's like look <laughs> so the, in this movie and and this depends on like what is godzilla's metaphor in this film is this nature is it the atomic bomb is it just technology in general it's hinted at but never like quite explained like what is godzilla in this you mean like in in shin godzilla it was clearly um the Typhoon and uh, the sorry the tsunami and the Fukushima and the fallout from the Fukushima nuclear power plant and like this again there's an imbalance between nature and mankind and mankind's ability to react or work with nature you know it was kind of boring but you know it was there it's like we knew what they were talking about what they were implying whereas in this um you can kind of see that his actions at the end are like, okay, I can't live in the, you know, I think that, you know, that metaphys is kind of right, that technology is leading us the wrong way, but I can't live in the world where Godzilla's here because he killed everyone I know and loved. So he just ends it. He ends himself, his hatred, and he ends uh, the machine. Now, we already had a movie kind of like this, and that was called Atragon, where a commander who really wants to continue living World War II um, sees, you know, an opportunity to win World War II for the Japanese again, and then is, you know, told, "Listen, we we all had a lot of anger and we grievances. You know, many people were lost, but you know, the world has moved on, and you need to move on." Now, you can either take this technology and use it for evil, continuing um, a war that 
you know, shouldn't have happened, or you can fight a real battle that will, you know, progress humanity further. Uh, and, and that was the message of Atragon. You know, was it silly? Was it cheesy? Yes, but the point was there. It was very clear. This is just kind of, eh, I guess. And then the after credit sequence is that the, you know, Minya, let's just call her that now, Minya is like old, kind of old. They, they aged her up a bit. She's got like, you know, Angela Lansbury cheeks. Um, and they're building like uh, the kids are building like a a replica of the ship that he was in, like with sticks, you know. So he's now like a godlike figure to them, which again makes no sense because it's like, oh, why? Why is he what? Because he like he took his unconscious girlfriend into a ship and kamikaze did. I mean, I, yeah. I don't get. It. I just don't get it. it again, I can see maybe where they were trying to go with a few of these ideas, but they just were poorly executed. And in the end, I can't give them credit for, you know, poorly executed work, you know? Um, and maybe, you know, I, I get it. We all need a paycheck and, you know, maybe this wasn't their fault. Maybe it was the pressure of the studio to just say, okay, well, we like Knights of Sidonia. You need to do the exact same thing, but with Godzilla. And they were just like, Okay, this is what we can do, but uh, yeah, that that's all it is. Now, I haven't seen Knights of Sidonia myself. I've only read the outline and like looked at a couple clips, and it doesn't seem bad. But who knows? I can't say for sure from this from these three films that they're terrible. That it, it's equally bad, but you know, as a Godzilla movie, these just don't work. Right, and that's and that's with the full like knowledge and understanding that Godzilla movies can be different things. They don't all have to be the same thing. We understand that. We get yeah. that. What we're saying is that whatever this is does not work. Right. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Uh, so that's it, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, not, not recommended. Yeah. Um, we're getting pretty close to Godzilla King of the Monsters. I believe it's uh, May is when mm -hmm. it's being released somewhere in in that neck of the woods. The big, the big summer slot. You know, it's yeah. uh, it was March last time or like April. So it's like moving up in like profile or whatever. Yeah. Um. So it's very exciting stuff. Um. And. Hopefully that movie will be cool. I'm. They've in, they've released yet another trailer for it, and you know they make Rodan look super cold blooded and badass. And yeah, um, there's a there's a standoff between Ghidra and uh, Godzilla where they're just running at each other at the end. And I don't know. Could be good. I I, I don't want to get my hopes up, but no, <laughs> can't do that. <laughs> it's um. It could be it could be something special, uh, you know, more than any other like modern Godzilla release in the in the Hollywood system. At least this looks like it has the chance to be like the one that we've always kind of wanted, right? With like all the trimmings. Um, so we'll see. But that's at this point, that's only a few months away, so it's pretty exciting. Um, and then of course Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, is is next year uh, yes. 2020 
you know, for those of you who have been following us on the Facebook know that we got exclusive leakage. Exclusive leakage. Yes, of, of said photo. There was there was leakage of a photo uh, that was not necessarily exclusive just to us, but no, no, in, no. in the two days that was online, we got we uh, were lucky enough to be in the same state, and we took some photos with that photo. Is very you know we do fun things like that from time to time. Um, but we're good yeah, friends. we love each other and wouldn't do anything to hurt each other ever. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so that's that's coming down the pipeline as well. Uh, you know, 2019 not going to be as jam packed with new content as 2018 is, unless something changes. I don't know. Maybe there'll be a new Rampage movie that will be released right after the Super Bowl on Netflix. Uh, you know that we just don't know about yet. <laughs> straight to ca- crackle Rampage. <laughs> straight, straight to crackle. <laughs> Starring the Shockmaster instead of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. So for those who don't know, the Shockmaster is a wrestler from WCW who um, has one of the shortest reigns in, in the history of, of professional wrestling. He was actually um, the guy who did Tugboat Thomas. His name's Fred um, in real life. Nice guy. Um, he, they had him perform as a as a character named the Shockmaster one time with a uh, an all his whole outfit was like the MC Hammer puffy skids pants and then like um like this big furry vest that was like armless so like his big meaty arms came through it and then the 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 key to the Shockmaster's look was the um. He had a stormtrooper helmet from Star Wars that was like bedazzled. Uh, for yeah. some reason, WCW didn't think they would be sued into oblivion by Lucasfilm. Well, and it, uh, you can't be sued if you put it in a glitterator. Remember those? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> it's glitterific. <laughs> exactly. The, the the glitter absolves you legally from any. And then in the Shockmasters intro, you can see this on YouTube. It's quite infamous. It was on this talk show hosted by Ric Flair. And the Shockmaster was supposed to burst through a wall and, like, sort of take charge of the scene because he was going to be, like, um, I don't know, Lex Luger's, like, wrestling partner at some pay-per-view fucking 25 years ago. Who cares? But, like, uh, the one of the stagehands had accidentally built a load-bearing stud uh, at, like, shin level uh, to the Shockmaster. So when he breaks through the wall, he trips... <laughs> Because there's a board in the wall, yeah. and he trips. <laughs> I, I have to... Uh, so, like, and then his helmet immediately falls off, and it's like everyone starts laughing to him, and you can hear Ric Flair saying, oh, God, and um, it's amazing. I have to talk about the Shockmaster, because it just it'll bring a little bit of joy back into my life after watching <laughs> these movies. And frankly, you know what? The time has come to bring the Shockmaster back. Uh, yep. So... Anyways, bit of a tangent late in the game, but um, <laughs> who shocks the Shockmaster? Um, I wanted to say that we continue to be the Godzilla Pod War Hour. You've been listening 
too. Um, you can find this and all of our episodes on Podbean. Uh, it's also on iTunes, where you can uh, like and subscribe and write reviews and, and so forth uh, of, of this and other episodes and, and really of the show as a whole. Um, we are also on Facebook at the Godzilla Pod War Hour and on Twitter at Mike Kelly at Godzilla Pod War. Um, and that's essentially what we're, what we're rolling, uh, at, at the, at the social media deal at this point. Uh, so, you know, things are slowing down a tad, but they keep making new Godzilla movies. So we have to keep making new episodes. (laughs) (laughs) We are forced. It would be weird if we weren't making new episodes for each new movie. So that's what you're listening to now. (laughs) <laughs> but uh nate final thoughts on uh on even the even the idea the concept of of an animated godzilla film because i think i still after all of this after everything you've heard there is still merit to it yes you know but uh, there there's merit to the idea it's always going to be based on the execution um but to bring this conversation full circle uh to what you said earlier i'm just gonna have to say when life gives you lemmings, you make Godzilla Planet Eater. There it is. Couldn't have said it better myself. Good night, everybody. Happy 2019. <laughs>